If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to open them to, to uh, Luke chapter 14. I don't want to rush the Holy Spirit this morning, but Sarah and I have to, to leave here. She, unfortunately, she's had a relative, a cousin that passed away, and we have to head out to Dublin as soon as service is over to a funeral. And uh, so, but I still want to take time and bring you the word, but I want to use it and use it wisely this morning. So Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, and we're going down to verse 28 through 33 in our reading. And this is Jesus. Jesus, uh, one of the, uh, you know, sometimes we talk, people, some people, some people will say, I don't like teaching. Others, I like preaching. You know, it's all good. But when I look at Jesus, you know what? Jesus was a teacher. Now, Paul was a preacher, but Jesus was a teacher. Jesus is teaching here. And he's given, he's given good lessons, good lessons of, of spiritual growth to those that, uh, are gathering around him. Jesus followers. Jesus said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Some of you uh, that went on the missions trip in 2017 to Honduras, you remember You remember what the, the pastor down there told us? He said how the people would drive by because they bought this piece of land and people had begun to drive by because they just had this little mud building on that lot, just very small, not as big as our utility building here at Voice of Praise. And, and he said, people would drive by and make fun of them and say, is that all the bigger your God is? But then God provided a way and he provided that way through us and a few other churches and and we took that team down and we built the church. And people began to drive by and see what God was doing. But somebody had to count the cost. Somebody had to have faith. We go on into verse 31. Or suppose a king who is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able... He will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, many of you who did not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Wow. How would you feel if Jesus looked at you and said, you can't be my disciple? Now, we live in a... a, a dispensation in the church world today, we live in a dispensation of that I call easy believism. All you have to do is believe. That's true. All you have to do is give your heart to the Lord. That's true. But I think there, 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 there is not a division, there's not a separation, but yet I think we, this morning we can see with some clarity that there is a necessity if we are saved that we be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Father, as we come to you today, we praise you, we bless you, we honor you, thank you for the worship, thank you for the blessings that you have given this church, you've given our people, Lord God. Thank you for blessing those who are watching virtually or listening, Lord, through uh, internet this morning. God, just minister and work in their lives and meet needs according to your will, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach to you this morning a message that I have entitled, Cheap results. And it's exploring the worth of the discipleship investment. And as we begin this morning, I want you to know everything comes with a cost. Some of you all, all of you all actually, nobody walked here this morning, I don't think. All of you all rode a vehicle to get here. Even if it's not your own, you rode a vehicle to get here. That came with a cost. Somebody got out and cleaned the snow off the parking lot yesterday and, and and the walks and some stuff and did a little brushing up this morning before many of you got here. That came with a cost. Somebody had to buy a car to drive here in. Somebody had to get up early enough to get here to brush off the walks before you arrive. Some, some, something, every one of you live in some type of home, whether in its apartment or a mobile home, or a house, whatever you live in, that's not the important thing to God, but but I do know this, what, what whatever you live in, whatever you dwell in, your habitat, it came with a cost. Many of you, like Sarah and I, we don't have too many more, but many of you still making payments on that home, and that's a good reminder, it came with a cost. Some of you are still making payments on those vehicles, that reminds you, that it came with a cost. Those of you in this room that are married or maybe you're in this room that are, are widowed or you're watching, you understand that that marriage comes with a cost. Marriage has a cost to it. It's it's a it's a two-way two-way street. It is a give and take relationship. It can't be all one way or the other way. It comes with the cost. There's things that you had to 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 give up, AK, to marry that pretty little redhead. Right? And there's things that she had to give up to marry you. And, but together you work together. And I don't know how many years you've been married, but, but you have made it, right? Amen. <laughs> She's over there with her tongue hanging out. <sighs> For those of you that can't see. Miss Sue, Miss Sue knows she's blessed, right, AK? He is. You are. Even childbearing comes with a cost. It changes our lives. Childbearing, Mike and Katie's back there. They're blessed with a full quiver. But things are different now that all the children have come along, aren't they? Oh, yeah, he says. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Things are different. It came with the cost. Katie says it cost her a whole lot more than it did Michael in some ways. As the women carry and nurture the children. More so than the dad in most cases. So everything comes with a cost. You see, but I, I want to, to, I want to in, inject this thought into your mind, in the crevice of your brain, that the price that we are really willing to pay is relevant of the outcome that we receive. How many years have you all been married? 52 years. 
53 years coming up. Congratulations. That that came through dedication, but the years that they have been married has come through they have invested. Now, invested means they've been through bad times, they've been through good times, they've been through sad times, they've been through glad times. I don't know them all that well in their personal life, but I can promise you they've experienced all of those things. But they have invested. They have paid the price to make it 52 years, and now they're enjoying the outcome as in these latter years of their life. I'm not saying they're old. Maybe AK, but not Miss Sue. Yeah. They, they are enjoying the fruit of what they have invested because now they have, they have grandchildren and they have great grandchildren and all of those are better than your children. I, I know because, you know, your grandkids are always better than your kids. But it became out of an investment. It came out of a price that they were willing to pay. Many times in life, I'm guilty of it in my, in, in my consumer practices. Many times in life, I'll buy cheap because it costs less money, of course, and oftentimes it's quick. Now, let me tell you, I, I used to run, I, for about 10 years, I ran my own, uh, I ran my own business, I ran a body shop, and I, it didn't take me long to figure out, I could go to that, that tool bin, and Heath's over here, he's a mechanic, he, he can relate to what I'm talking about, they don't call them mechanics anymore, they're technicians now, sorry. But you can go, you can go like over to Harbor Freight, nothing against Harbor Freight, it's one of my favorite stores, and you can go to the bargain bin and you can buy this big old pack of screwdrivers. You know, you can get like 36 screwdrivers for like $14, which makes 50 cents a piece at the most. And, and, and man, what a deal, they're cheap. You got a bunch of screwdrivers until you get it on a big, a big tough job and start to turn it and the handle twists off right in your hand. But you can buy those better ones, those from Snap-on or Craftsman or Mac Tools, and they don't cost 50 cents a piece, do they, Heath? They do not. But you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. We, I often buy cheap because it's quick, and of course it's, I, in theory, it's saving me money. We're impatient people, and oftentimes uh, uh, the, the extra effort to get what we want or to buy what we want, you know, if I work just a few hours more, if I save just a little bit more, uh, maybe I would have the money to buy what is better and not settle for what is inferior because it's simply cheap, and I'm pursuing instant gratification. You see, when we, uh, the, the whole thing of sometimes pursuing instant gratification it's not as much gratification instantly as as it is laziness yeah sometimes we're lazy and and I'm speaking to us not as physically some of you all I know are very hard working people but sometimes we are lazy in our spiritual walk we're lazy in the spiritual application we just we just want to do enough to get by we just want to invest enough to make it in. Now, and I, I, I don't touch on that in just a minute, but we are a generation that has a disposable mindset. We just buy it cheap. 
You know, I, I, we, we went to a store the other day and, and I, I was just walking around looking and, and, and yeah, I had, I did have my mask on in this store, you know, it was pretty crowded, so I did have, I put a mask on and, and my glasses was all fogged up, so I had to pull my mask down so my glasses would defog and I looked, I couldn't believe the price on this large, like 55 inch TV. I mean, it was cheap. But it, the, I looked at the name of it. I thought, man, what brand of TV is this? And it was like, uh, it was like the, uh, uh, Xing Shang TV company or something like that. Yeah. And that, and, and yes, you can buy that thing cheap, but it's, it's created and made with the thought in mind. Well, when it gets done, when it's through playing, you just take it over to the dump and pfft, Go buy you a new one. It's disposable. We, we, we are oftentimes as in, the, in this generation we live in, we have a disposable mindset. Not too many people buy anymore with the intentions of keeping something a long, long, long time. You, even you. If you sit down and think about it, you've, you've made purchases. I can promise you, you have somewhere along the line, you bought something. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned, I probably shouldn't mention these businesses, but I went to Harbor Freight. You know, you know, I, anything that I do mechanically now, it's just right around the house. Uh, it's not like I'm using it every day. I went to Harbor Freight a while back and I bought some tools. I went and, I went and bought, uh, uh something because it was cheap because I knew I wasn't going to use it too much and I, I didn't want to invest a whole lot of money in it because I wasn't going to use it four or five years from now. So I just bought something that it was okay, I can just throw it away when I get done with it. We're that disposable generation. But let me tell you something. There are things in life that are worth investing in. There are things in life it's worth spending the extra money to buy in order that it's going to last you a long, long, long time. Uh, in, and, and in our spiritual life, there are those things that we can't afford to be chintzy with. We can't afford to be lazy with. We can't afford to look at our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as being a disposable relationship. When we buy cheap, it's, uh, well, it's likely to break prematurely like those screwdrivers I talked about, or it's going to wear out early. I bought a little saw, and that, that saw was really good. I just bought it because I had, we had a room that we were putting down new floor, and I wanted something that I could saw out from under, you know, the, the, the door facings a little bit, and I bought this thing cheap. I bought it like for $29.99, ordered it off, of, off the internet, $29.99. Man, I think it worked pretty good. I cut this door and I cut that door and I cut the next door and then I got to the next door and it quit running. And I called the people and I said, you know, I bought this thing. I've not even had it 30 days and it's quit running on me. They said, we're sorry, sir. It has no warranty. You just bought it to throw it away. You see, and, and many things in life are like it, but our relationship with Jesus Christ, A.K. and Sue, they entered into a lasting relationship. Hopefully, you've entered into a lasting relationship. But, but, but our relationship with Jesus Christ is not something that we should look at as a temporary circumstance. And in order to do that, what Jesus is talking about this is, is being a disciple and ca- is in calculating the cost. 
In, in preparing this message, I, I ran across this story. And this story is of a, uh, it's of a, it's of a place, it's of a place that is, uh, uh, called Bridger Wilderness. Some of you travelers may have been there. It's part of the Teton Mountains. And it's 430,000 acres of national park that's located in Wyoming. It's untouched. It's unmolested. It's untamed wilderness. I'm talking about this is where like Grizzly Adams lives. Okay? I'm talking about this is where, this is where, man, this is where Alicia Lester wants to go on vacation, you know, and take Dave with her. You know, it's, it's a high Hiker's Utopia. It's an outdoorsman. Uh, it's an outdoorsman haven. You know, it, it, it's a place where people want to go hike. Bluffs you can you can climb. Rivers you can cross. It's all there in this four hundred and thirty thousand acres. But oftentimes, less motivated people will get it in their mind they would like to go to the Bridger Wilderness and have a wilderness experience. They're not as motivated. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them, but they're not motivated. So, so they give way to their experience for the great outdoors. They're yearning, but they're, but oftentimes it's apparent they don't comprehend the fullness of the outdoor nature experience. Uh, there was a suggestion box a number of years ago that was, was put at the, the, uh, at one of the trailheads, or at several of the trailheads, uh, actually in this Bridger Teton National Forest. And here are some of the suggestions that have been found over the years in the boxes located on the trailheads. One suggestion was, the trails need to be reconstructed. They're too rough. Another one said, Please avoid building trails that go uphill. Another one said, There are too many bugs, leeches, spiders, and spiders' webs. Please could you spray the wilderness area to relieve it of many of these pests. This is for real. Another note said, Please pave the trails to make it easier to walk on them and have some places that you add chair lifts so we can get to the wonderful views without having to hike. The coyotes made too much noise last night and they kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. One night a small deer came into my camp, stole all of my jars of pickles. Is there any way the park can reimburse me? Escalators would be nice on the steep uphill sections. Here's a good one. Another one wrote, a McDonald's restaurant would be nice at the trailhead and at regular intervals along the way. I'm surprised they didn't ask for senior coffee. The, and the last one is, there are just too many rocks in the mountains making the trails hard to negotiate. Could you please remove the rocks? Now this, this, these would be trail followers. These would be hikers. Evidently, these people failed to do their homework. 
They failed to give consideration to what they were taking on. They didn't count the cost before venturing out on their expedition. They put little time, it's apparent, they had put very little time into preparing themselves and they probably got little out of it in return. In fact, it was probably miserable for them. There was an occasion that we took someone on a, a missions trip with us and, and the person got there on the missions trip and they said, ooh, I wish I had never come. Everything is so dirty. In a third world country. You see, but these people could prepare themselves. There's actually PineDaleOnline.com. You can go there and you, and it can give you all the details and all the pointers you need to come and to, to, uh, if you would, enjoy the wilderness. Jesus followers, likewise, we don't necessarily have a website to log into, but what we do have, if you would, we have a trail map that we can pull out and we can dig into. And that trail map gives us all the ups and it tells us of the downs. It tells us of the rocks. It tells us of the crevices. It tells us of the lilies in the valley. It tells us that, 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 that there's places we can go that's going to be hard. There's places that we can go. There's going to be narrow passage. It tells us all of these things. And if we will really read and calculate and, and, and absorb the Word of God, we can realize we are not on... You know, uh, there was an old song out back in the 70s and it said, I beg your pardon. I didn't promise you a rose garden. I don't find that Jesus promised me a rose garden in the Scripture. In fact, I found that there are many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I find that the Lord delivers them out of them all. And I know that I know that I know as if I'm going to be on this journey, it's going to come with the price. Jesus Christ paid the price of my salvation. But if I'm going to be a faithful follower of His, if I'm going to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I must realize, I must know, and I must never forget, there will be ups, there will be downs, There will be difficult times, but through them all, through them all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And through them all, I have learned to trust in God. And He will keep me and He will overshadow me with His goodness. But what happens is, some of these hikers, they, they don't take their, they don't take their hiking trip too serious. On nearly a daily basis, as I, as far as I could retrieve, the information I could retrieve, on nearly a daily basis, someone in the Bridger National Forest find themselves being rescued. You know, we, we can relate to that a little bit around here. Around here in four-wheeler country, ATV. You, have you, have you noticed these people that set up these ATV? Have you noticed these little ATV garages and over at Brush Fork, there's an ATV store and they're there for a reason because there's people that come and they want to ride and they do ride, but they don't anticipate breaking something. They don't anticipate busting a tire. They don't anticipate rolling their ATV down the side of the mountain. They, they, they don't, they don't, they don't count all the costs and that's why there's other people that are making a good living by getting them out of trouble. Many people are delivered out of that national forest because they, they, they fail to realize the gravity of the journey that they're about to take. Similarly, people will be allured. We are allured by the secure thought 
that we're going to have it. We're allured by that. You know, there's... Hey, I'm dated. Okay, I'm dated. I am. And some of y'all don't sit back and act like you don't know who I'm talking about. But some of y'all remember Black Oak, Arkansas. Jim Dandy. With the long blonde hair and he never wore a shirt. See, I remember, sister listened to all that stuff. I never listened to it. She was a, she was a heathen. Now, but Jim Dandy used to sing a song. I remember it was on a live album and it said, everybody wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to discipleship, yes, we're saved. And, and we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But are we dying out to self? Are we dying out to self? Jesus is teaching us here that, that in my in my opinion, Jesus has taught us being saved is easy. We're saved through faith. But being a disciple has cost associated with it. If we are really going to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a price to pay. It doesn't buy my salvation. That was bought and paid for through Jesus Christ. But if I'm going to be a disciple, I've got to be willing to give of myself and pay the price when I'm made fun of, when I'm mocked, when I have to give up something, when I have to do something different than I normally would. You see, being a Jesus follower is a very serious, serious business. So what does it cost? When we look at the scripture, we find for some it cost them their fishing boats and their fishing nets. Which, when you really look at that, what it meant, it cost them their career. It cost them their career. I'm not looking for pity. I'm not, I'm not looking for sympathy or empathy. But, but I could, I could have found a whole lot easier things to do in life than pastor a church. Pastoring is one of the most stressful jobs in America. If you will. And some, well, it's not a, it shouldn't be a job anyway. It's not a job. It's a calling. And, and I believe God equips. But, but do you real, do you realize this? And, and I think about missionaries and, and, and I think about, you know, these guys gave up their boats. They gave up their nets. They were willing to go. They, they were releasing it all. Are we willing to release all that we have? For some, it meant selling possessions and sell all your possessions and give to you the poor and come and follow me. Jesus said for others that it would even cost them leaving their father and their mother. If you don't leave your father and mother and come and follow me, you can't be my disciple. You see, and, and, and there's a price to be associated for you and I. There's, there's a price for us that we must calculate. If I'm really going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, what am I willing to give to that? Now, a number of years ago, I had a, I had a, uh, person that was serving in my church and this person said that uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not with the government I can't be I can't be gender neutral it was a she and she said she said I feel like God's calling me to the missions field but her husband wasn't even saved he wasn't a Christian I said okay and she had a place and everything I said okay that's good that's well I said what about your husband she said uh, I said what does he think about it she said I don't care what he thinks about it she said I'll just divorce him well, let me tell you something now that's not pleasing to God that's not what God God didn't call God didn't call her to that 
you know, if, if God was calling her, I think God would have been working on the scene. And understand with me, when God, when, when God has, God's calls us into discipleship as he's calling us into different things in our life, God is always working and he's preparing, he's paving the way and he's making the way. He's given us the God map and he's working everything out. And, but, but yet it still may cost us something. It may cost you walking away from a job that you've had a long time. It may, like it did me, it may cost you walking away from a business. It may, it may cost you making some adjustments in your life. It may cause you to, to have to go to another region. It may cost you to have to go to another place. But, 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 but when we think about it, there is truly cost. It, it may, and you say, oh, I, don't, I feel like I'm, I'm where I need to be right here in Blue Well. I'm where I need to be. I'm doing what I'm doing. But listen, may, it's going to cost you some prayer. It's going to cost you some study. It should be costing you some witnessing time. It should be costing us our resources. We should be giving freely, financially into the kingdom of God. It should cost us our possessions. I, 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 uh, uh, you know, it blew, it blew my mind because I saw it happen more than once. A friend of mine that, that he basically gave up everything, everything in his life. He gave it up for the call of ministry. And as he gave it up, he was just solely dependent. He wasn't a pastor. He was, he was out doing evangelistic work and he gave up and he was doing the call of ministry. And, and it just blew my mind. He had a faith that I don't have. I will tell you that. He had a faith that, I, that I've never been able to reach, but, but, but he would leave out. And every time his vehicle would, would wire out, somebody would come along and they would give him a new truck. That truck would wire out. Somebody come along and they gave him one occasion, gave him a new leisure van. And on another occasion, and God, and God just kept blessing him and keeping him. And he, he never went without anything. He didn't have, he didn't have maybe some of the things that we look at and say, oh, this is prestigious and, and this is great and, and we should have. But God supplied him. I mean, it was like, it was like God feeding the prophet with the ravens and dropping stuff in his mouth. I mean, when, when we are willing, the more we are willing to invest in discipleship, the more we are willing to invest in God's plan, the more of His blessing we will see occur in our life. I'm a firm believer of that. So is it, but the question is, is it worth the price? Is it worth the price? The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul repeatedly recites the principle of reaping and sowing as you read his letters to the churches. To the Corinthian church, to the church at Ephesus. To the church at Galatia, Paul repeatedly recites principle, the principle of reaping and sowing. Many of you all in here garden. And I, but I, I and, and it, thank God it's only 62 days till spring. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If y'all don't shout over anything else this morning, y'all should amen me right there. It's only 62 days till spring. Amen. Five of you are good. The rest of you must like wintertime. Come winter time, if you're one of those gardeners, or even if you're not a vegetable gardener, you're a flower gardener, you don't be out there and you don't pay planting flowers. And you don't be planting mater plants and letting them sprout out in the window of your house or something like that. You don't be putting corn in the ground. But if you never plant anything, you need not expect to pick any maters. Pick any corn, dig any taters, if you don't ever plant anything. 
You see, reaping is only the result, is, is the direct result of planting. And, and, and when we, whenever we, whenever we begin to look at the apostle Paul and he repeatedly recites the principles of sowing and reaping, Jesus said this. Jesus said, it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Paul said, if a man sows sparingly, he will reap sparingly. If a man sows bountifully, he will reap bountifully. So we go back to that, to that, my point, cheap investments will yield cheap results. And you could use a lot of different words there. They may not even be synonyms, but you could use, you could use low investment equals Low results. In, in your retirement accounts, if you have your retirement, if you have it set in a secure account where, you know, low risk account, you are going to get low investments out of that account. If you got it in a high risk account, you're more prone to receive higher yield. You see, what we invest in the kingdom of God is going to determine what we get out of the kingdom of God. It's not about our salvation, but I want you to understand with this this morning, this is what I feel like the Lord would have me to say to us. We, whatever we want from God, whatever we need from God, whatever we expect from God, what, 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 if we are going to be His disciples, which means His pupils, His students, His followers, if we are going to be those people, we must be willing to invest in his plan and in his kingdom. Scott's back there. Scott, do they still do Christmas clubs? They still do Christmas clubs. You know, Chris, Christmas clubs, I guess, could be a good thing. If you, if you, Christmas clubs never yield a whole lot, do they? No, they're basically, hey, basically, we just want to help you stash back some money until Christmas time. But if you, if you take out a, uh, a $5,000, I don't know, I'm just using $5,000 Christmas club, and you only put a dollar a week in that Christmas club, I can promise you when it comes maturity date, you're not gonna get $5,000 out of it. Will they, Scott? If you do, Scott's probably gonna be looking for a new job. Pam's gonna be put out full-time employment, you know. You're only get you only get out what you have put into and in the kingdom of God not a, don't, don't confuse this with your salvation you can't buy salvation you can't work for salvation but in our following of Jesus the disciples in our following of Jesus we are only going to get out as much as we invest can I go a bit further with this morning I hadn't really planned this but I, since you know the door sort of open and I'm just going to go ahead and walk through it same way with your with your church. You will only get out of your church, whether it's voice of praise or wherever you're at, whatever your church may be, you will only get out as much as you invest. And I'm not talking about just finances. That's a part of it. But that's just walking in obedience to the plan of God. But I'm talking about investing into your church. Have you prayed for your church? Do you attend your church? What do you do? Do you do you support your church? So investing. So Jesus said, "What man? What man ever set out to build a tower, 
poured the foundations without first counting the cost. If he doesn't, somebody's going to walk by and then later on and they're going to make fun of it. What, 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 what general, what king ever, ever knew he was going to be going to battle and he's outnumbered two to one? What general ever let that happen without counting the cost and didn't first send a, uh, send a delegate out to try to avoid the confrontation? You see, God's called us. He's called us to evaluate. He's called us, if you would, to discern, Lord, how much do I want of you? You know, we're Pentecostals in this, most of us, I guess. You know, we can sit, we're, we're a Pentecostal church. And for so many years, I've heard so many people, and I, I is one of them that has said, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. I need more of you. But how much, how many of us are willing to invest more of us into God's plan? When we say, Lord, I want more of you, God, listen, God, He said, I won't withhold any good gift from you. He said, I, God said that. He said, I'm not, the Lord said, I'm not going to withhold any good gift. So, while we're saying, Lord, I need more of you, Lord, come on, Jesus, come on down, come on down, come on down. I need more of you, Jesus. We don't have to beg Jesus for that. He's just wanting more of us. He's just wanting greater commitment. You know, you buy cheap, you get cheap. You invest little, you withdraw little. God's wanting us to invest more into His kingdom. He's wanting us to invest more into Him. He's wanting us to serve Him. You see, if we're really yearning for the Lord, yearning requires an investment, an investment of our best. An investment is going to cost us something. That old adage, a penny saved, a penny earned, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. It's hard to save money. It's hard to invest sometimes. Martin Luther, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. Martin Luther once said, a religion, I think I may have put this up, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing, is worth nothing. And understanding... This is the great reformist here that's, that, that penned these words. Martin Luther. But what he's saying there is a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, suffers nothing, is worth nothing. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is more than just getting to heaven. He said, he said, I'm sending you out into the world that you may make disciples of all nations. Of all men. And in order to make a disciple, you have to be a disciple. And in order to be a disciple, you got to count the cost and be willing to give to God, give the Lord everything that you have. Not, I'm not asking to write a check for, clean out your bank accounts and bring it to church. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about your, your, your makeup, your existence, who you are. So let's don't just offer Jesus goodwill. Not, no offense. No offense. Some of you didn't catch what I said. Let's just all offer Jesus goodwill. I'm not talking about peace on earth and goodwill to men. I'm talking about goodwill. Goodwill. I'm talking about GW fashions. 
You know, you go to GW Fashions, get discount pocketbooks and discount bridges and discount shirts and discount coats and discount hats. Goodwill. Store. If you haven't called on yet. Some, some, now, and my, my dad, bless his heart, my dad loves to go to Goodwill. Especially since COVID, they told him he couldn't sit on the front bench in Walmart no more. So he goes, he started going to Goodwill. Good, ain't nothing, nothing wrong going to Goodwill. You can get some good stuff at Goodwill. There's nothing wrong with that. My poor dad, he'll go by, he'll go by, he, you know, he's the bargain hunter. He's the, he'll go, he'll, if he can find a shirt that they've thrown in some bin at Goodwill for a quarter, he buys it and he, he, brought, he was buying them and he, he brings them to my son. My son lives right next door to him and he brings, he brings him these shirts that he bought for a quarter and my, you know, a 30 year old young man, 35 year old young man, he's not going to wear this shirt that looked, it was vintage 1970, you know, Hawaiian shirt and stuff like that. So he takes the shirt back to Goodwill. My dad turns around and buys it again and brings it to him again. But listen, and I'm giving this to you as a metaphor. Take it in this sense. Take it in a metaphoric sense. God doesn't need us to go to Goodwill and get His stuff. We should be going to Saks on Fifth Avenue. You know, you want to take it here locally? I, I guess it would be Belk. I don't. I don't know. You, you know, don't don't go to good. Don't 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 give God your goodwill merchandise, but give Him your belts merchandise. Now we go to belts, but I always look for that little tag, that red sign that says eighty five percent off. That's the only rack in belts that I look at. You know, when we go in there. But, you know, but, but the reality of it is there's nothing wrong with having, finding a good bargain. But you understand my point. God wants our best, not our seconds, not, not our, our, our inferiors. God wants our absolute best. When we set out to be disciples, I hope that you counted the cost. And if not, I hope you're counting the cost this morning. And you say, God, you are worthy of my best. You're worthy of everything that I have. You're worthy of everything I own. You're worthy of everything that is within my being. And today, God, I count the cost and I give it all to you. I hold nothing back. I don't relinquish anything from you, Lord. I I give it all to you, God. Because what we invest is what we're going to see return on. I believe that with all my heart. I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. So this morning as we're gathered in this room and you're, you're gathered at home Facebook audience, I want us to right now take a moment of time and I want us to pray and I want us to don't, you know, don't, I, I, listen, I'm just as human as you are. So how many of y'all ever realize preachers are human? Yeah. Sometimes you don't think so. Sometimes I don't think so. You know. I'm even just like you're thinking about this. First thing that happens is some somebody pops in my mind. Yeah, I know old so and so. I know old so and so, buddy. They haven't given it all to God. Yeah, that's exactly who he's preaching to this morning. Yeah, he's preaching to old so and so. 
Now I'm preaching to you this morning. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray this morning. And I want you to ask God to help you with counting the cost. And as you count the cost, I hope that you buy in. I hope that you buy in. I hope that you put it all in and say, God, whatever the cost, I'm going to serve you. Now wait, listen. 2020 has been, it was aggravating to put it nicely. It, it, it was stressful to put it mildly. A lot of the stuff that's happened since November 6th and November 3rd, or December 6th and November 3rd has been stressful. But I want you to know something. I sit down and I read about the early church. And I read about the early church in the, in the four gospels and especially in the book of Acts. Not long ago over into, into the, uh, the writing, the letter Paul wrote to the Roman church. Let me tell you something. We ain't, we ain't had it hard yet. Yet. We ain't had it hard yet. We ain't had it tough yet. We upset, we upset because we, we can't make payments on that new car we bought and we gotta let it go and get something a little bit cheaper and we feel like we done went through persecution. <laughs> Thought I could walk for once in my life I could have a new car and I can't have it now. That's not persecution. We're just full as people. But as time goes on, I'm not a prophet. I'm not, I'm not giving you a prophetic word this morning. I could, I guess I could operate in that gift if the Holy Spirit, uh, allowed to. But I want to tell you something. We're probably going to see things a whole lot different in our future than we've seen in our past. That's very much, very, very much possible. And I want to tell you something. I, what I'm, I'm wanting you to do this morning is I want you to count the cost. I want you to count the cost and say, come hell or high water, God. I want to serve you. I want you to count the cost. And, uh, I want you to count the cost and say, whether the winds come or whether the winds go. Whether it snows or whether the sun shines. God, I'm still on board with you. I want you this morning to count the cost and say, God, what, whatever comes, whatever goes, wherever you lead me. Whatever befalls me. I'm counting the cost. And I'm in with you this morning. So right now, I'm going to ask you if you would to stand with me and let's pray. And I want you to pray for you. I want you to pray for your spiritual health. Your spiritual well-being. I want you to pray for you. Father, right now, as we come before you in prayer, God, we just pray and believe that today, God, that we are people that need to count the cost. Lord, we need to count the cost of serving you, of being a Jesus follower. We need to count the cost that that if perilous times come, Lord, we will feel the effect of it. We need to count the cost that if we're mocked at and scorned at it, and and Lord, even if, if violence befalls us, Lord God, that we're still going to be servants of yours. Lord, we count the cost today that even when the world rejects us and and they laugh at us and they they talk down to us, Lord God, we're going to count the cost and we're going to follow you. Lord, I'm going to count the cost, Lord God. Lord, if 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 it costs me a job, if it if it costs me some of my possessions, Lord, whatever happens, Lord, I want to count the cost and I want Lord Help us to be mindful that anything, Lord, anything that that can be required of us is worth the cost of following you. 
Lord, we give you our investment of ourselves, Lord. We invest all that we have and all that we will ever be, Lord. We invest it in your kingdom right now. God, we hold nothing back. We don't withdraw ourselves from you, God. But Lord, we give our everything that we have to you, Lord. Because, Lord, we know, Lord, that you don't necessarily need us, but you do desire us. Lord, that we, Lord, need you, Lord. We need you. We can't survive without you. Lord, we can't go on without you. We must have you, Lord. God, you said, I I remind you of the word, Lord, that you said you would never leave us, nor will you forsake us, but you are with us always and to the end of the world. God, today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we weigh the cost. We weigh the cost. And today, I make a decision. I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to chase after you, Lord. I want you to have my everything, my all in all. Today, God, I surrender, Lord. I surrender, not in part. Lord, I surrender in full, in wholeness to you, Lord Jesus. God, have everything there is about me, Lord God. Inwardly, outwardly, and everything I put my hands to. May it be yours today. May it be yours today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.